Thank you for joining us for our uh, Dad Talk episode of Positively Dad. This is our second Dad Talk episode where we just talk to dads about being a dad, just normal dads out there, have them on the podcast and talk a little bit about what are they doing well, what do they wish they knew, what are they proud of, how are they raising their family, so that we as a community can learn from each other. And I'm excited you've joined us. My name is James Shaw. I'm the host of Positively Dad. And I started Positively Dad earlier this year um, as a way to just help the dad community, help us grow as fathers, help us grow as partners, uh, help us grow as men, just so that we can be amazing dads and, 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 and partners in our families. And um, I'm a dad of a seven-year-old. Her name's Naomi. And if you listen to our episode that comes out every Monday, Naomi is on that episode every week. She does the Kids Corner. And then this is our Thursday series where we just talk to dads. And, and Naomi's not on this one, and yet you'll hear me talk about her a lot. My wife and I are, are proud to be her parents. She's getting ready to go into second grade, and it's a lot of fun. And the truth is, um, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that I'm proud of as a dad that, you know, the environment that we've created in, in, in our home and, and, and the way we're raising her. And then there's a lot of things that as I started this podcast that I've learned. And, and here's what I encourage you to do. When you listen to Positively Dad, listen to it with an open mind of going, how can I grow as a father and, and learn from what other dads are experiencing so I can get even better? And that's why I'm really excited to have Jordan Freed on today. Jordan is the dad of two girls, a three-year-old and a five-year-old, and he'll tell you a little bit about them coming up. And uh, he'll tell you a little bit about his background as well. And he's been very purposeful about how he's raising these girls with his wife and what's important to them as a family. I took pages of notes in this conversation, and if you're in a spot where you can take notes, I would do the same. Uh, I, I truly believe this podcast is a gift to you. It was a gift to me. It's one that if, if you, to pay for what you're going to get from Jordan today could cost you thousands of dollars when you, when you get just the value he's going to give you, and here you get it on Positively Dad for free. So I'm excited to have Jordan on Positively Dad today for our Dad Talk episode. Jordan, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. My pleasure. Happy to be here. So tell me a little bit about you and your family. Okay, so um, I'm a full-time real estate coach, and uh, I have two girls, a five-year-old named Leah, three-year-old Zoe, and my wife um, is a stay-at-home mom, so she stays at home with the two of them. And, uh, yeah, it's really awesome. We're at a really fun stage. What's the most fun thing? Um, right now I would say it is watching them just discover new things and how excited they get about, you know, the little things that I don't even notice anymore. So whether that's, you know, walking outside and, and seeing a rainbow or, uh, an airplane in the sky, I just love how, much they cause me to slow down and it's kind of rediscover the world through them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. What's that like? Um, it's fun. It's exciting. It's a, it's a cool experience. It's, um, uh, I really enjoy it. And the, uh, uh, I, I feel like, you know, everybody thinks their kids are special, right? And yet I just feel a pretty strong bond with them right now. And, uh, we're out of that baby phase. We're out of the, the diaper phase. And so they're just, they're a lot more mobile. They're just a lot more engaging and, and fun. And um, so it's it's really cool. It's really cool. We've, I felt the same way about Naomi. She's, she's seven 
And I feel like, you know, people have said, well, what's been your favorite age? And I'd go this one. I mean, every age has been my favorite. And you're right there too, right? Watching them grow and you can have conversations now and, and learn things from them and, and, and also teach them. And, and I mean, it's, it's different. Yeah. As they get a little bit older, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what they understand and how they make connections and how smart they become so quickly. I mean, just like a few weeks ago, I started playing checkers with my oldest and like the first game, you know, I just wiped the floor with her. And then like by the third or fourth game, I'm sitting there sweating going, Oh my gosh, is she going to beat me? (laughs) Right. I mean, so it's just cool to see how quickly they learn and how quickly they grow. Yeah. Now when you and I were talking about doing this and I said, what's important to you, what is it that we've got to talk about? And you said Raising Rebel Girls, and that really rang with me. There's a book series out. You're probably familiar with it called Rebel Girls. Yeah. And um, okay. and Naomi and I read that quite frequently. And there's so many amazing stories of, of just women who've had an impact on this planet that people don't know about. What's important to you? I mean, when you say Raising Rebel Girls, tell, tell our listeners what you mean by that. Well, I think um, number one, James, there's a there's a Dove commercial. You or um, you've probably seen this on YouTube where they uh, where they talk about you know they they take little girls and they say you know what does it mean to to run like a girl? And these little girls they just kind of take off running and they say what does it mean to throw like a girl? And little girls just like throw. And then they take an older sample of both boys and girls and they say what does it mean to run like a girl? And then they kind of make like these wimpy moves and so. I think with girls, you know, they kind of get conditioned that, you know, it's, it's behind that whole statement of quote unquote, like a girl, right. That somehow their actions and their activities are wimpy or that they're less than. And so in our household, you know, when I became a father, I really thought about, you know, I'm a coach. So I'm always thinking what's the end in mind here. And I thought, okay, what is it that I want my girls to know for sure when they leave my house? When they, when they leave the nest, what do they have to know for sure? And so I came up with what we call our three rules. We call them the freed rules, right? Um, the first one is that um, to, to – rule number one is to, to – follow your heart and live a life by design, to have the courage to live a life by design. We all want the same thing in life. We want to live life on our terms. The challenge with people is that they don't define them. And we're freeds. We define what it is that we want, and we have the courage to live a life by design. So that's rule number one. Uh, Rule number two is that the most important relationship you will ever have is the one that you have with yourself. The opinion you have of yourself matters and it will manifest into everything that you do and to every relationship that you have. It was interesting. I remember like three or four months ago, you know how your, your kids, they always say things like, you know, one day, dad, I'm going to marry you. And I remember this one moment, my five-year-old said that to me and it hit me like, you are, you are probably going to marry me. You're going to marry someone who is like me. So I have to be that example, right? And so that second rule is really learning to develop a relationship and a self-image that's built from a strong place. And then the third one is that you, you will fail. You'll fail often, and you're going to fall down, and you are expected to get up. And that in our household, our culture is we are not 
I told you so. We are the, we, you can be, we can be the soft place for you to land, but you are expected to get up and you're expected to keep moving. I stole a line from Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly, and she said one time that parenting isn't about doing it the right or the wrong way, that it's all about being the adult you want your kids to be, right? And so I think about that every day when I look at these rules and I think to myself, am I living up to this? Um, And using that as the standard by which we live our own lives to be the example for them. It reminds me of a quote I actually saw today, and I thought of it, and I went, oh my gosh, this is, this is parenting. The, the quote was not in the context of parenting. It's a Darren Hardy quote, and, and, and what it says is, everyone in your organization is learning how to think, act, and react from you, lead by example. And when I saw it, first thing I thought of was, our kids are learning how to think, act, and react from me, and you lead by example. And that's what you're saying. You're going, hey, I love the Brene thing. It's not about right and wrong. It's about being the adult that you would like for them to be. So I want to chunk down these, these rules because I think this is really important. So you said you gave the Dove commercial as an example, run like a girl, walk like a girl. I remember a conversation Naomi and I had in 2016, and we were talking about the election. And so this is what, three years ago. So she's, you know, four years old and we're talking about the election. And I said, well, there's two choices, right? You can vote for two choices. And the first guy's name is Donald Trump. And there's a woman and her name is Hillary Clinton. And people are going to pick between the two. And my four-year-old stopped me. She interrupted me and she said, wait, so a girl can be president? And that shook me. You know, that, wait a minute, I have a four-year-old who already has some thinking about what is possible or isn't possible based on the fact that she's a girl. And um, and that happens so early. So to pay attention to this now is huge, right? hmm So you started right. these, you started these freed rules, and I love it. Follow your heart and have the courage to live your life by design. Define it and have the courage. Talk to me about how you're teaching that to them. Well, if I'm talking about living by example, James, I mean, in my own life, and I don't want anyone to get the impression that I've somehow got this figured out or that, you know, I'm perfect because I'm not. I screw this up all the time. I get uh, frustrated. You have children, you know. Um, yeah, and we're yeah, going to talk about that too. So they're going to hear what you're doing wrong coming up a little bit later. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's yeah, good. I, I've got that's a long list, so you may need more than thirty minutes. Um, and yet, he, uh, I mean, when I think about my own life, my mission was that I wanted to be able to impact others one conversation at a time, and do that from a place where all I would need is a laptop and a phone, and. That was a vision of mine about five years ago, uh, maybe even more now that uh, I'm a little older. About seven years ago, that was the vision. You know, I wanted, that's what I wanted to do. And then this thing called MAPS Coaching showed up, and I started to realize that um, that I, too, could become a coach and that I would be able to impact others and, and have real conversations that change lives and that um, I could do it with just a laptop and a phone. And 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 what was really important to me about that, especially those first four years before they went to school, is that I predominantly worked from home. 
And I ate lunch with them a lot. And I, w- I, could, I could on breaks come up and see them and engage with them. And so if, if Gary Keller says that, you know, success is knowing what you want and getting it, and I've been very specific about what I want my life to look like and work very hard today to live up to that example. And, and I don't mean to beat on my chest and I've done that. And, and um, I think that, you know, designing it from the perspective of what's important to me, you know, what, what uh, uh, Stephen Covey says, the first habit out of the highly effective seven habits of highly effective people is that you have to win in private before you win publicly. And, one of the things that I think about often as a father and designing my own, my own life, but by design is I ask myself the question, how do I want my, my spouse and my kids talk about me when they're unfiltered and I'm not around? How do I want them to describe me? Hmm. And so I do my best when I'm thinking about that life by design to, to live and think in alignment with that. And there are times that I, I have to check myself and go, you know what? You're shying away from a challenge right now. And you, 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 if, if you really are going to live to this life by design, you need to live into this. I mean, one of the greatest questions I ask coaching clients all the time, if they're stuck and they, they say they don't know what to do, and I say, well, let me ask you a question, James. If Naomi was in the same position in 25 years, everything was the same, same scenario, same everything, what advice would you give her? Because that advice is the best advice you can summon. And I I believe that you aren't living your best life unless you're living your best advice. Hmm. And so using children as as the standard through which we live uh, and that first rule, you know, that that life by design of here's how I want it to be. And I wanted to have enough time to spend with them. I didn't want them to come home from school and have to wait for me for us to play and hang out. Not to say that doesn't happen, but most of the time I'm available and I'm there with them and I can shut work down if I need to. So you had clarity around what a life by design looks for you and in your, you know, your goal is to give that to them and even starting as early as, as three and five years old to have that in their mind. They're going to grow into the conversations we have with them and around them. And that's where the rebel girl thing comes in. We build an identity by the, by the things that we, that we, um, that we talk to them about. So you are a rebel girl. And what do you think your impact as a rebel girl will be? I want them thinking about that now. Yeah, absolutely. To get clarity around it now and have some dreams and hopes and, and see that it's possible. Hey, you said, Rule number two is the most important relationship is with yourself, that self-image, the self-talk, having those two things in alignment. Um, you know, one one of my favorites is we don't attract that which we want. We attract that which we are. So seeing you is 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 worthy and um, and of value. How do you teach that to them? Well, I think first it's that, you know, you you practice it with yourself and that um, knowing um and by being vulnerable and putting yourself out there, getting out of the stands and down onto the field of life, right? Um, so I think that, number one, being vulnerable, and I'm very open and honest with them, especially when I mess up and say, you know, look, Dad didn't handle this real well, and I want to apologize to you. Here's what I think I should have done. Um, 
And practicing self-care, I think it also goes to helping them establish good habits, whether it's, you know, reading. And one of the things that my five-year-old and I do, uh, not every night, is we sit down and we journal. And I ask her about her day. And I ask her about, you know, what happened today? What was exciting? What did you learn? And I don't always get great answers that I would, you know, I'd love to have these profound answers like that. I learned today about life and what it means and all that stuff. I get stuff like, you know, we jumped on the trampoline with my best friend and then went to the library. And um, so, but it's instilling those little habits of success along the way as they're young. And we have them recite affirmations and, um, uh, really what I think it is, is, is helping them to, um, to under, to, to learn emotional intelligence and self-awareness. And, um, it's interesting. My five-year-old is really good at this. I mean, instead of always throwing a fit, she'll say, I'm getting angry with you, dad. Mm. Um, and so we've also designed this. We Our kids go, uh, go to what's called Montessori school. We researched yeah. this, and yeah. that was what we wanted, was a kind of a self-directed school that works best for our family. Um, and so the uh, so practicing it with myself, being vulnerable, talking about it, uh, letting them know um, that, that relationship, what do you think, not what do your friends think, what's important to you. Um, those are all the things that we do, I think, to instill that in them. That's great. And, uh, yeah. Let's talk about rule number three. Fail a lot, right? Fail often. It's okay to fail. Um, and the expectation is, though, you're going to get back up. And this is a big one, right? We see, look, I, I don't know if your kids are like this, Naomi. If it's not instant, it doesn't work right away. Uh, for her, it can get frustrating. Um, she. Yeah. She expects to win immediately. She expects to succeed at everything right away. And don't we all, right? I mean, you and I have coached people for years who want to create a massive business in five minutes. Um, and when yep. something doesn't go right, they bail right away. So this is common. Um, how, yep. how are you teaching this and setting the expectation of, look, when bad things happen, you don't stop, you get up, you keep moving forward? Okay, so yeah, um, I heard something a long time ago by, uh, I was listening to a podcast where the interviewer was, talking with Sarah Blakely, who um, is the inventor of Spanx, right? She, I think she was one of the first women billionaires. Um, and she talked about how when she was young, her dad would ask her at the, at the dinner table, what did you fail at today? And what that taught her was that failure was not something that needed to be avoided, that it was actually something that he encouraged. And so asking that question around what did you fail at today? Um, and also we have a, um, we have a kind of a, a phrase that say that says freeze never give up because you can only truly fail when you decide to quit. And sometimes that backfires on me. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'll be, uh, I, I'll never forget. I was working on something. It was like maybe trying to open a jar or something. I could not get the stupid thing open. And I finally was like, look, it's just not going to open. And my five-year-old looks at me and goes, dad, freeds never give up. Mm. <laughs> so I sat there and worked on that thing and finally got it open. And so, yes. you know, I think, again, it goes back to, number one, what did you fail at today? Not stigmatizing failure. And I say all the time to them, you're going to fail your way to success. You're, you're going to experience a lot of failure in your life. And the difference between where you end up and maybe a, somebody who doesn't end up with, with getting what they want is 
how you react to that. And we, we talk a lot about how there is no failure. There are only results. It may not be the results that you want. And you've heard this, James. It's not failure. It's feedback. Um, so welcoming it, not stigmatizing it, asking them about, you know, what did you fail at today? Um, and then helping them understand that you can only fail when you quit and that Freed's never quit. Love it. You know, the questions we ask, you've heard these questions before. What did I do well today? And what did I learn today? And that's another mm-hmm. way to reshape that frame message is, is, you know, well, let's take that and figure out what we learned from it. Well, let's talk about what you've learned as a dad. I mean, you've, you know, you've, you have a three-year-old and a five-year-old and you're on this journey and, um, you know, I, Look, you admitted it earlier. You, you're not perfect. There's no perfect dad. And and so you've had some learning opportunities along the way. What are some of the biggest lessons that you have that you've had over this time that you, you know, would love to share with other dads who are listening? You know, I read this book called The Conscious Parent. If you haven't read that as a father or, or even, you know, as a mom, I, I recommend that book to everyone, Dr. Shafali. And she said something really interesting. She said that, you know, not children, our own children trigger us like nothing else. They, they invoke emotional responses in, in us like nothing else. And she said that whenever you get triggered by your child, it is a call to your undeveloped self. And I'm all about personal development. I think self-actualization is why we're all here. And um, so one of the failures that I've had as a father is not realizing early on that when my kid triggers me, when I get angry with them or upset or frustrated, that's not about them. That that's, to me now, that's that's the path for me to reflect and say, what is it about that that triggers me? What's the undeveloped part of me that, because, you know, James, you know how this is. You're sitting in a restaurant. Your kid starts screaming and everybody's looking at you. That doesn't upset your kid. They're not embarrassed. They're not mortified. That's, that's you. So why is it that that bothers me so much? Why? And I think not recognizing that through the first couple of years was, a, was kind of a blunder of mine. Um, another thing is, is that I, I sometimes don't do a great job at, at leaving work at work. That even if I don't have my phone, even if I'm not checking the email, I'm still thinking about it. And I think that having role models, you know, we look to people in business and say, you know, who is succeeding at the level that I want to succeed at and how do I learn from that person? How do I read their books, their programs, whatever? And I don't know that I did that enough or or do that enough as a father. Like, who are the people that have raised children that show up in the world like I would like my children to? And how, how do I find out about their parenting and what they did? I've done that a little, like um, a cousin of mine who I'm close to, he is a, just a phenomenal father and his children are raised and they're wonderful people. And I remember asking him, like, how did you do that? And he said, I played with them when I, even when I didn't want to, you know, when you're tired and you're hungry, he's like, I, I made the decision to still play with them. And I think sometimes I still am like, you know, I'm tired. I don't want to do that. I don't want to put play princess right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and I could do better. I could do better with that. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I think our kids, Naomi does anyway, it's time. She wants time. There's a story I've shared in the podcast before that I went and I, I was, I had uh, some speaking engagements in Atlanta and then I had to go, I actually went overseas to Portugal. So I was gone for, I don't know, 10 days or something like that. And I get back home and uh, it's a late Saturday night. Naomi's happy to see me and Terry's happy to see me. And Sunday morning I get up and we got a kind of slow start because of the time change. And so our Sunday morning was a little different schedule than normal. And I just said, Terry, what could we do today as a family just to really enjoy our time? And my wife, who's amazing, Jordan, and wonderful, she looks at me and she says, you can start by taking your daughter somewhere. Like I've, I've had her for mm. 10 days, just me, just, just you two go do something. So I didn't know what I was going to do. And I load her up in the car and I had a couple errands to run and we did that. And then it's Sunday morning. And, and like I said, we're off our normal routine. We're not at church that morning. And I just we, I just drove over to the beach. It's 10 miles from the house. And, and I just drove over and we just kind of walked for a minute. And Naomi looks at me and she goes, Daddy, you are the best dad. And today is the best day. And I said, well, thank you, honey. And she goes, Daddy, you could give me ice cream every single day and you would not be the best dad. And I, my takeaway was she, look, do we ever want to go out and buy stuff or give them things or, or, or take them on these massive experiences and do all this stuff with them? And all she wanted to do was just hang out. We could have gone to Target and walked around. She would have been happy. She just wanted to spend time. And, I, and that's what you're saying with the girls. When you're tired, just getting down on the floor with them and playing, that's special. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to wrap up, me. go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I just want to share this one story. Like we went to, to your point, we went, we rented a condo on the beach just, just a couple of months ago. It was supposed to, you know, this this big thing. We were, we planned it all out. My parents came with us and uh, I asked my kids, you know, cause we had this big extravagant thing. We did like pirate cruises and all this stuff every night. And I said to Leah, my five-year-old, I go, what was your favorite part about that, that vacation experience? And she said, playing Monopoly with you. Of course. Did she beat you? Yeah, Don't I, let her beat you though, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, she's she's going to own the world. She's a rebel girl. She'll she'll yeah. own the world someday. That's awesome. Well, last thing as we wrap up, just anything else you want to share advice with dads that you've learned that you think our listeners should hear. Um, I think it's, you know, to me the the mantra that I follow is that I've done 10,000 one-on-one coaching calls in my life. And I have never heard someone say, I regret spending so much time with my kid. I have never heard someone say that. And so if, if you think about you want your life, you don't want to major in minor things. If it's important to you, then, then treat it like you would anything else. Give it the level of importance that it really has because the end of the day, what makes us really happy, there's a 70-year study on human behavior through Harvard. It's the longest-running study on human behavior. And what they found is that personal relationships are the most, com- is the, the most common thread of happiness in human beings. And what better thing to focus on than your children? So Good that would be my parting, parting thought. Good stuff, Jordan. Listen, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking time out today to to add so much value and uh, just best of luck to you and your family in raising some rebel girls. I appreciate you very much. Thanks, James. Thanks for the time. My pleasure. So many good things. So many good things from Jordan. And uh, I learned a lot. I trust you did as well. 
you know, his three rules. I'm going to review them again, right? Follow your heart and have the courage to live the life by design, right? We're making choices every day. Help teach our kids to get clarity around what they would like to accomplish, what they would, you know, see as possible. And uh, gosh, that's a big concept to chunk down for them. And yet he gave you some strategies on how he's doing that with them. So that's awesome. Number two, your most important relationship is with yourself and having a positive self-image. And he talked about journaling in there and making a habit out of that. It's a habit that all of us could use. Number three is is fail. And when you do, you get up. And, um, and we can learn a lot from that. He quoted Brene Brown. He said, parenting isn't about being right and wrong. It's about you know, helping them become the adults you'd like for them to be. And look, there's no perfect here. We're all working together to raise, you know, kids who are going to be great people. We desire for them to have a better life than we've had, and we want to empower them to do amazing things. And so then it falls on us to what environment are we creating? What is it we will settle for? What is it that we expect? How are we holding them to it? How are we allowing them to make decisions? There's just so many questions. So much great stuff out of this today. You know, I trust that this was of value to you. I'm very excited about this new segment. We're going to launch it every Thursday. And that's just, I'm I'm finding dads that want to chat. And um, if you're interested in just talking about, you know, what have you learned as a dad? What mistakes have you made? What have you done great? What's working? What's not? Um, Let's have you on the podcast and talk with people about it. And then look, every Monday is when, you know, we're talking to some sort of expert or, or somebody who's done some research or somebody who's looking at something that maybe we aren't looking at that helps us become a better, better dad. So we're up to two episodes a week now, uh, our dad talk episode on Thursdays, and then our more traditional episode that comes out Monday morning. Uh, we also value your feedback. So let us know what you're thinking and connect with us on social media as well. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Positively Dad. And if you would, give us give us um you know, a, a review, because that would mean a lot to us as well. If you could just, whatever platform you're listening, if you click five stars and write a review, we'd be really thankful. So again, thanks for joining us for this Dad Talk episode of Positively Dad, and we'll see you on Monday. Have a good one. Bye-bye.